Hey everyone, Carter Todd here. Here's another installment of Out of the Hourglass presented by Nolan Consulting Group. Enjoy the show. Okay, welcome, Colin. We are back in studio again. Welcome. Back in my favorite place. It does. This is this is a pretty fun place. We got Carter playing producer. Welcome, Carter. Carter says hi. Uh, so we're going to talk about Crucial Conversations, yeah. specifically uh, executing on Crucial Conversations. But Colin, you had you had an idea. A light bulb went off. So what yeah. was the idea? Well, I'm the, I'm the guest, so you know it's either Crucial Conversations or SL2. So you, you got crucial this time. Um, so my idea is, you know, a lot of people are reading the book, and it's obviously a timeless book, um, but it's very dense. So you know you, you need to have a Crucial Conversation with someone what do you? What are the steps? A brief outline of the steps, and where do you start? So that's kind of what I want to go through here. So when you, when you finish listening to this podcast, you'll have almost an outline for what what to remember and what to hit, almost like a cliff notes. I like it. I think that's a pretty good brainstorm. Something tells me these podcasts, uh, a lot of them are going to come from brainstorms like that. So we wrote a, an outline here that we can start with, and the first question is: Is it a crucial conversation? So tell right. me about that. Yeah. So. You know, the academic definition of a crucial conversation is when you have opposing opinions, strong emotions, uh, and high stakes. So we, we disagree, um, that, you know, the opposing opinions. That's kind of a requisite, if you will. Uh, strong emotions, we, we, we both care about it, um, you know, and, and the emotions are high. Uh, and then high stakes, it actually matters. It's an important topic. Uh, so if it doesn't have any of these three, then maybe you need to kind of reassess you know, if it's low stakes, then maybe you don't shouldn't get so upset about it. Maybe so, you need to look at yourself. For right? example, so like a, a crucial conversation, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is somebody keeps showing up late. Maybe maybe they don't get how important it is. Sure. It's important to you, but well, yeah, so it needs that, to be more important In that important case, you're them. bringing the strong emotion part, right? Um, they may not have strong emotions about it, but you do. So it naturally is a crucial conversation. Um, but... If, uh, or at least through the conversation, they're going to start caring more about it. They, they should, right? Yeah, it's their job. You know, they may not know that it's an issue, right? So they may not know there's an opposing opinion. So if either of the parties have all three uh, or they're, the three are, you know, between the two of them have all three, then it's, it's a crucial conversation. So odds are if you're thinking about it and you're driving around thinking about it, it is a crucial conversation. You can kind of throw out the textbook definition and just go with the gut feeling. So, all right. So that's a good test. So yeah. if you're if you've been driving around for at least a day or two, yeah, if it sticks with you, and you've been thinking about it, yes, it's probably a crucial or, conversation. Or or you forget about it, but when you see the person, you're reminded of something. Well, so for example, we were talking earlier about Star Wars. We all know I love Star Wars. And you love Star Wars. Colin, sort of. He'll he'll get there. We have our Star Wars coffee mugs here. As the intern, Carter has to like Star Wars. And. Yeah. The the intern car. I like producer. He, you've, I think we, you've moved up from intern yeah, to producer. Th- there you go. I like it. We'll we'll, we'll cut uh, that out. We were talking about uh, Revenge of the Sith episode three, and uh, at the end there, when uh, Obi Wan Kenobi and Anakin, that was a pretty crucial conversation. They're they're doing the walk around each other after uh, Anakin had just hurt Padme. Yeah, on Mustafar. And they're there they're coming to an agreement yeah. about disagreement. Different they're, opinions, strong emotions, high stakes. You're either with me or against me. Uh, Only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> See, you're more of a Star Wars yeah. fan than you think. Yeah. 
we are willing to admit. It's funny because that that is an absolute. Saying that is an absolute. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. So a, a, a is, small is itself nitpick. an absolute. A small nitpick. Uh, all right, so that's a funny example, but I'm, I'm sure there's all kinds of things. We said showing up late. Um, there's um, maybe. Um, I mean, if someone does completing tasks on yeah, time, completing tasks tasks on time, just small mundane stuff, almost like checklist stuff. Like or someone, even, a recent one that I heard is you know, this guy refuses to take pictures once the job is done, you know, before or after pictures, and we've asked him to do it many times. It's part of his job description, but he won't do it. You know, it seems very menial to maybe to him, but it's a big deal when they refuse to do it. It kind of eats at you, and it becomes more of a a relationship issue because yeah. it feels like he's purposefully subverting you. And maybe part of that is uh, the attitude conundrum. Instead of the word attitude, I like to use approach. But somebody's attitude is worthy of a crucial conversation. If sure. they're, So it, you can frame it in they're disengaged or they're lacking engagement or they need to choose a different approach. That's true as well. You yes. don't need to be such a dictator. Right, right. Um, uh, yeah, be, so you have the, te- the textbook definition there and then you have kind of the, the gut feeling. So we... We have them all the time. There's there's always crucial conversations, and some of them, you know, are are made big deals of, and some aren't. So, um, okay, so that's an interesting point. Uh, we're not saying to what degree something is important, just sure. that it is important. Yeah. So there could be, you could have crucial conversation, DEFCON five. Oh, of course. Like right, last straw type thing. But you could also have crucial conversations that are meaningful and and important, but maybe they they haven't reached. That quite that much escalation. Yeah, like, it was, like it, it was a miscommunication, and once the person knew that it, it, that's that it was exactly that, it, it kind of de-escalated uh, the, what, the, what the situation was. Sure. Uh, so there's you know very blatant differing opinions, right? Where we fought over this many times, and then there's miscommunication issues where as soon as you broach it and you gain some understanding, um, it quickly dissipates. Yeah. So it, it, we, we need to jump into the agenda here, right. but it, it seems like maybe one point to make is that if you use what we're going to talk about here, you can prevent it from getting to DEFCON 5. You can deal yes. with it when it's DEFCON 1. Giving people feedback often also prevents it from getting to DEFCON 5, right? Because when you don't give someone feedback and they keep doing something, it builds and builds and builds in you, you know? Um, so yeah, so doing it when you first notice it becoming... Uh, an issue, uh, a real emotional issue for you, sure. All right, so the next step then on the agenda we wrote down was where to have it and when to do it. Yeah, um, you know, it's really important. It's, you know, it's not just about uh, having it. It's about having it the right way. Um, so somewhere private is always necessary. You never want someone uh, to feel like they're be- being put on the spot uh, if you're coming at them with, with a huge conversation. So somewhere private where they can uh, share how they feel in return, uh, and be vulnerable. Um, you know, a key thing here is read the situation before kind of getting into it. Um, read their body language and their tone. Are they in a right place to have it? You know, if someone's really aggravated, you know, I, I think I read a book somewhere that said uh, the human brain takes about 20 minutes to come down from, you know, real kind of anger or frustration. Mm emotion so at the least i found that to be true i mean yeah when when i get in small small you know fights or even bigger fights 20 minutes later you kind of have a different outlook on it um it's all really really takes for the blood to kind of come back into your Mm -hmm. brain Um, so what about telegraphing i think one of the things that i've uh, on the receiving end you know as i i look back over many years you know it's hard not to telegraph like hey andrew can you come over here for a minute or it's you you, it becomes obvious like uh oh what am i going to get talked to 
you know, and, and that's maybe kind of part of it that you, you at least have to invite someone, hey, join me at the truck or let's step over sure. here. And Sure. There's definitely ways to do that more naturally, but I wouldn't let your fear of that not being natural stop you from doing it at all. So there may be circumstances where, where maybe the rest of the crew, if we're talking about the field or even in the office, somebody else overheard someone say, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And oh, what's he getting? Yeah, certainly, I, I would, I would um, again read the room, and you know, is this a situation that needs to be dealt with immediately, uh, or can I wait till the end, end of the day and send them an email and say, can you come, come see me? Oh, yeah, so, or even during like send them a text. Sure. And say, hey, or, can or you meet me at the front of the house, and right. that way nobody knows. Yeah, I mean, it's it's important to balance the you know giving immediate feedback versus the right time for someone to be receptive. Okay, so some of the meat, uh, CPR. Right. What does CPR stand for? Yeah, again? so this is a really, a really key uh, point here. So before you go into your crucial conversation, what issue are you addressing? Uh, odds are, if you're listening to this, prepare for one, it's a relationship issue because you're thinking about it. Um, you know, it's, it's rare that um, content or pattern, the C and the P, cause really strong emotions. So what, what do the CPR stand yeah, for again? so content, pattern, and relationship. Okay. That's what the three stand for. So when you brought this up to me, this is what registered to me because I, I find when I talk, when I work with people through the conversations they should be having, they've been having content conversations. Right. You're late, you're late, you're late, or something's not getting done, and they're not going to relationship fast enough. Yes. That, yes. Because it's all of a sudden it's, it's a trust or um, loyalty or some sort of emotional relationship issue. Mm-hmm. So any conversation that, that needs to be on the relationship level that is not being held on the relationship level is a waste because you're not addressing the root cause. Uh, you're addressing what is visible, and it's just going to grow back. Um, you know, you're, you're cutting the grass, but you're not pulling up the real, the real root of the issue, and it's just going to come back. So um, That's a good analogy. Yeah, so make sure, like that make sure that you are addressing the root of the problem. This makes me feel like you don't respect me. So if, if you've addressed it, a rule of thumb then is if you've talked about it before, it's probably right to relationship. Yes. We've talked about this before. This is a problem. And you're still doing it. it and it still bothers me. So now it's not about what you're doing. It's about what you're doing to me and how you make me feel and, and the lack of respect. That and that's legit, right? I mean, it, that we talk about feelings and that like it, I think people maybe have the well, – I, I don't have to sit on a couch and talk right. about my feelings, but – it's like, this is making me mad. I mean, that's enough, right? Well, with, with feelings, perception is reality. If you feel disrespected, then you are disrespected. And it doesn't matter if it was intentional or not. It happened. So it needs to be addressed. Um, so perception is reality. So if you feel disrespected, you need to talk about it. So when it comes to feelings, we're not, we're not talking about sitting on a couch in Kumbaya and, ra- and rainbows and flowers. We're talking about real, authentic yeah, you need to give, things that, as a leader, you, you, you need. You need to give the person context for why you're reacting the way you're reacting, right? Because they may be thinking, why is he getting all so upset about you know, such a trivial issue as me coming in five minutes late? Well, it's not about what is actually happening. It's about how it's affecting him and your relationship. And the leader needs to then address that to give context to so almost the emotion. Something, something you would say in that moment is like, look, we, yeah, I know it's only five minutes late, but I got to let you know, like, this makes me feel disrespected. The impact it has it makes on me feel like you don't me. respect me. Correct. Yes. And that's okay to share. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It, you, you need to share it. Not only is it okay, you need to. So something else we talked about when we were, this brainstorm, when you, when you brought up this idea was 
the impact of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this step, going the relational step, maybe it gets resisted because we don't want to feel vulnerable. Right. And even more specifically, we don't want to feel vulnerable in front of people we're supposed to be leading. Right. Um, have you encountered that? Oh, abs- what, what absolutely. That? Well, you know, when you open yourself up to someone who you have a conflict with, you know, it's hard enough opening yourself up to people who, you know, are your friends or your spouse or your family who you know are, have the best intentions, right? Because it's a vulnerable feeling. So to, ha- to have to do that with someone who you're in conflict with um, is uh, very counterintuitive. Uh, to, to say, I feel disrespected. Um, Otherwise, it's just drama. The drama continues. So it's, some, it's somebody's got to st- stop the ride and say, yeah. dude, you're, like, I feel totally disrespected right. here. I've asked you to do something, and you're not doing it. And that way, if they keep doing it with the full knowledge of how they feel, then you know it's not a fit anymore because you're blatantly disrespecting me, not accidentally disrespecting me. Um, all right, so then the next step, uh, start with the heart. So, again, we're, we're trying to work on a how-to Yes. Of, so of if how you, to do if you need to have a crucial conversation, the first step is when and where. The next step is CPR. Is it a relationship issue? Then you need to talk about the relationship. So the next part is... So be vulnerable. Yep, Just be vulnerable. you got to do it. Yep. How's it making you feel? Then start with heart. So start with heart. Again, it, it sounds very kumbaya again, as a lot of this does. But it's just take a minute before you go into the conversation and think about what do I want for this mm. relationship? What do I want to get out of this? I, I want you to be an employee here in the future. I want us to have a respectful relationship. And I want the issue to be resolved. Because I'll, I'll, I think you're a great employee when you're following the rules. Um, that's what I want. So no matter what gets said in the next 10 minutes, 15 minutes of the, of the conversation, that intent can't change. You have to always want that. So it seems to me that some, in a general way, those three questions, what, what do I want for me? What do I want for the other person? What do I want for Correct. this relationship? That it could almost be the same a lot of the time. So I, I had the opportunity to use this uh, in a personal relationship uh, last year, disagreement that was happening. And I, it, it was sort of generic the way I, I, was, I was lucky enough to sort of catch myself and say, oh, mm-hmm. why don't I, I need to think about this? Mm-hmm. It was sort of generic. What do I want for me? Well, I want to be happy. And what do I want for this person? Well, I, I want them to be happy. And what do I want for this relationship? Well, I want to have a happy relationship. So now, okay, so, so even that sort of generic grounding yeah. was good, maybe not ideal, the, but... The instant you ask yourself those questions, you feel silly. It's like, but then you really think about it and you go, all right, then I would change how I feel. Um, or approach, I would, right. I would change or your approach. I, well, both, right? Because how, yeah. you, how what your intent, your behaviors mm-hmm. always follow your intent. Yeah, one, do, one affects the other. Um, so, you know, a good, good tip here would be before you go into this conversation, I would write those three down, write those three questions down, and the answer's down. And maybe even share it with the person. This is what I want for, for me. This is what I want for you. This is what I want for us. So this might be a test for where we were looking at the other person before and, and judging, is this the right time for them? Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a way to flip the mirror around and say, is this the right time for it's me? Great. If you and can, if, yep. if I can't answer those questions, maybe I'm still Correct. too mad or pissed off to... Right. Uh, have this. Right. And, and when you have the answers to those questions and you sense yourself getting frustrated potentially, as could happen during the course of the conversation, 
if you have it written down, do you just look at it and come back to it? All right, I, don't, I don't know. What do I really want? I don't know that I know anybody that purposefully wants to hurt someone else. We all, we all want good things yeah. for each other. But I've seen a lot of people do some things they regret, even me, well, when, I, when I'm moment, mad in I the mean, moment. I, I'd argue in the moment you, you, that you probably did want to hurt somebody else. <laughs> yeah, right? that's true. If you actually you know, true. froze that second and got inside your brain and said, what are you thinking right now? What's your intent? It would be to win. I'm going to wring your neck. Yeah. yeah. Then, then 20 minutes later, you're going, why did I want that? That's not what I really want. That was an emotional reaction. Yeah. Uh, next is uh, facts versus stories. So now I, I think this is more of the process of the conversation. Right. We've prepped. Right. We've, we've, they're ready. I'm ready. Right. Now... So Process. right when you're when you're getting into the conversation, it's really important that you don't uh, start with stories because uh, you're going to immediately throw the other person off. So again, when you come up with the CPR of it, you know what's the actual issue. You have to think about what it is that you really want, and then think about how you're going to start. Are you going to start with facts, or are you going to start with the story? So, so another word for story then maybe is the conclusions we draw. Yeah. So so he thinks this. Or she thinks this. So first, recognize that that's actually not a fact. It's a story. That's a, a, a story, story that you told yourself you that got your emotions to where they are. So it could it could be the right story, right? But it's important could be. to acknowledge that maybe it's not either. Okay. Um, so what are the facts here? So the facts are this, and then you tell them this. This leads me to believe X, Y, and Z. Um, so when you go to, to rehash what happened, start with the facts, and then tell your story as a story, not as fact. Which is, it sounds like, especially if you're, if you're still angry or emotional in the moment, it's probably pretty tough to separate those two things. Correct. You know, it's, you know, I need to have a crucial conversation with you. You don't respect me. No, that's a story. Actually, there's... That's not a fact. There's a vulnerability piece um, here, too, I think, because yeah. the person m- may have a different conclusion from those facts. So you, you have yes. to be open to being wrong. There can be a million different stories created from the same set of facts. So getting agreement on what the facts are before you both share what the stories are um, gives gives the conversation a, a mutual agreement place to start, and it's just it's it's it, it'll go better with that. So I, one thing that comes to mind uh, there's a this is a really humbling process for a leader, especially when you're trying to get things done. It's frustrating and you've, sometimes. Yeah, yeah you've you've I do all this. Got, jobs to hit and you got you got to bring in, bring jobs in on time and now we're taking all this time to have conversations but i guess so, so it's a as we're reviewing it it's awfully humbling for the leader but i i also think on the flip side the last time someone treated me one of these ways when they started with the story and i'm i so you don't really realize it in the moment but i look back and i think i was feeling attacked in that yes, exactly. in that conversation yep. but when someone started with the facts and then led me to their conclusion i was actually more open to their conclusion i sort of saw from yeah you you understand why they're thinking what they're thinking and feeling what they're feeling so that that sort of stepping back and being vulnerable uh actually won me from the start Mm -hmm. when they started that way i was i was hooked from the start it'll de-escalate it before you even can get really escalated yeah so we have we did CPR. We start with the heart. We took our process. Start with facts, then go to stories. Uh, so I think we're at a putting it all together step with state. Yeah. So state is is the way to begin. Um, so once you've done all of those, uh, then you need to have an opening for how you're going to begin this conversation. Um, so I'm just going to focus on you know the states, a long acronym that that uh, Vital Smarts uses. 
I'm just going to start with the first three, the S, T, and the A. Uh, so for how, how to do mm -hmm. it. Uh, so S is state the facts, kind of what we were talking about before, uh, where you're leading them down your path of what, what you saw, what you heard. Make sure your facts are facts. Then tell your story. So I saw this, I heard this, I did this. This Then it's the story part. This makes me feel like you don't respect me. Now it's important to include the story because if you don't, then you're just staying with the C and P of the CPR. The story is where you bring in the relationship factor, which is likely what the issue is. So you need to tell your story. And then this is the, the most important part of state is the A, the STA, the ask. You need to turn the tables around to them and invite them to share how they saw the situation happened. This cannot be a one-way street where we're berating them and telling them, you disrespected me, yada, yada. It's not okay, right? You need to share your, the facts, tell, tell the story, and then ask, how do you see it? I mean, does, does this make sense to you? Um, what, what's, what's going on from your, your point of view? Um, and it can't be leading questions. It can't be, isn't that right? Um, mm. It has to be an yeah, open-ended question. That's going to feel like an attack. Correct. It has to be an yeah. open-ended question, and it has to be done genuinely. And genuinely is all in, in, in the tone, right, where you actually want to hear what they have to say, and you're not just asking for the sake of asking. All right, so one aspect here, my, my brain sort of goes to the most extreme head trash I can think of, you know, what an extreme example, but going back to the vulnerability piece, so a, a crew leader says, hey, listen, Johnny, you've showed up late three times here. I need to let you know, I, I feel like you don't respect what we're trying to, uh, me or, or what we're trying to accomplish here. How do you see it? Well, I, I think you're a bad boss, and I just don't like working on your crew. And I mean, that's the worst case scenario. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe somebody out there in the audience is thinking that. Well, I'm going to ask these questions, and they're just going to look at me and say, well, you're a big loser. But uh, okay, let's acknowledge that's might happen, but not real likely. Yeah, it's, is, that is not likely it, at all. It's giving them an opportunity to correct your potentially misconceived story. Like, is, you know, this makes you feel like you don't respect me. Is that, was this what, is that what's happening here? You're still an authority figure for this person or coworker. At least there's, there's some relationship there. So the chances of them taking advantage of you, uh, that's my word. I don't, I don't know if that's how other people might feel. But you're making yourself vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And the chances of being taken advantage of are pretty slim. And frankly, I mean, if someone does that, Okay, so it's not a fit. They're showing you right. that this that they don't respect you right. and that they need to go. Wouldn't right. it be nice to know that? Yeah, it, it's you need to give them an opportunity to uh, dissuade you of your ill feelings and say, no, that's not the case. I, I totally respect you. Because without asking them, they're not going to feel open to sharing that. Uh, they're going to feel berated, maybe walk away and think it was like a, just a, a talking to, not a conversation. So... Genuinely being asking. Talked, being talked at correct. instead of being talked with. Right. They, they need to be able to correct uh, the story and, and, and share with them what their actual intent was. You know? So a lot of this, it, it seems, um, the How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie book, you know, written 1926, something like that. I mean, a lot of this is, is just influencing people, and you're not going to influence people mm -hmm. if you're talking at them mm -hmm. or if you're if you're attacking them. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so all of that, which is to say, I think three main things. Start with the facts, then acknowledge your story, and ask for feedback. Pretty simple process. There you go. Take some practice. Well, uh, the last thing we have written down here is 
contrasting statements. Yeah, so contrasting so, statements are a tool for uh, de-escalating the conversation if it does tend to get out of hand. Um, if they are uh, getting the wrong idea um, and there's a miscommunication uh, in terms of mm-hmm. mutual respect, um, which is most of future conversations. So I think what you're talking about here and one that I, that I like is the don't and do. That's, that's exactly that... it, right. So it's, it's a negative followed by a positive. So uh, the don't do is the most common one. Uh, I'm not... why, why is the don't first again? So the don't is first because we need to disarm them. So they mm. are on their one-track mind of this person doesn't respect me, this person thinks this, they think this, and no matter what you say, they're, they're going to still think that. So, so you've, you've started the conversation and you've tried, not, you've tried to do it in a non-aggressive way, right. but the person on the receiving end took it that way anyway. Right. They, right. They, they're getting defensive. They, they've gone to a negative place. So the only way to get them back from that is to address the negative place and say, you know, I don't want you to think X. Uh, here's what I'm really trying to do. So you need to address what they're currently thinking first. I'm not trying to steal your thunder with your guys and, and step over you. I'm not trying to reach around, go around your back. I'm not trying to disrespect you that way. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to solve this, or I'm just trying to do this. Um, if you come in with, with what you were just trying to do the whole time, they're not going to listen to you. So one of the reasons why this came to mind is, is this one also, the, the, um, the three questions uh, that we talked about before was an example, and I've, I've had the opportunity to put this one into practice a couple times, and it works. I've got to tell you, it's it was I was shocked by it, honestly. Uh, when I I gave it the don't and do what I what I don't want to do is is make you feel attacked personally. I think that's what I said. What I do want is just to have a conversation about this, mm-hmm. and it was like magic. Mm-hmm. It, it the the other person just paused for just a minute, mm-hmm. uh, sharing your was, actual yeah. intent, not the one they're thinking of. Is yeah. yeah. And you may need to do it. Here's another key with it. You may need to contrast multiple times in the same conversation because uh, they may not get it the first time, and they may need mm. more time to kind of cool off. So you may need to contrast three times over the course of a minute. Uh, but all of it, you just kind of you're picking away at, at their wall. So if you really want to keep this relationship, heretofore this person's been a good employee or there's lots of other things they're doing well and this showing up late thing is is it's not a killer but it's just something they've got to fix mm-hmm. keep re keep, keep doing the do and don't mm-hmm. try to try to keep the conversation going mm-hmm. by reframing mm-hmm. so what about um practicing it the one thing that as we're talking here one thing that comes to mind is how how might a a person practice it. So, for example, Colin, what I see is that you're wearing a shirt with birds. That makes me think that... It's true, by the way, I am. It's the, true. Yeah, that makes me think that you <laughs> like birds. It, it's true. It's a, it's a nice shirt. Also, you know, that, that fact is a true story. And so how do you see it? Well, I, I agree with you. I think I really like birds. So I know that's that seems kind of silly. It just comes to mind. Like, you could... You you don't have to wait for a crucial conversation to practice it. You could... You could this. It's a skill, and you could do it you could practice it all day long mm-hmm. in these, in any scenario or silly scenarios. Sure, I mean, I think you know, pick people who you're really comfortable with. You know, obviously, you, your, you and your spouse. Um, you know, there's probably small disagreements that occur over the course of a day, right? That maybe take five seconds and then they're gone. Um, 
maybe they're not even really disagreements. They're just momentary lapses of communication. Maybe use those opportunities, kind of a low risk. Mm-hmm. You know, you know this person that knows your intent's always good. So you don't feel like it's a super high stakes situation. So yeah, absolutely. You know, practice it with people who you're comfortable with at first. Um, but, uh, you know, before going into a really important crucial conversation, I would literally outline it. I would, I would write down what's the relationship issue, what are the facts in the stories, what are the three things that I want, mm-hmm. and kind of re- really take it in um, and uh, make sure you understand it fully before you go into it and have it hopefully available for you to look, look back on in case things go, go out of hand. With the result then of doing having a crucial conversation, the, the state, the ST and the A, doing that sooner when you're at DEFCON 1 and you, mm-hmm. now you've got a track record sure, of exactly. things don't get to DEFCON 5 right. with you because you deal with them right. and you have a process. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, Call. This was great. Yeah. Hopefully, Appreciate uh, it. Ho- hopefully we're helping some people today. Yeah, you bet. Hopefully. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys.